Oh wait, I think I had to do this. All right. Welcome back to the Gymnazo podcast. I'm your host, CJ Kobliska, Director of Programming here at Gymnazo, and I have a lovely guest with us today. His name is Sir Flexalot, a.k.a. Goose, a.k.a. JP. Johnny, what else do they call you? Dude, I'm, I'm you know, Johnny Two Tails, the transverse playing tiger. I scream it from the mountaintops, man. Just an one. absolute goon we got on here today, and it's <laughs> going to be a great conversation about all things function and specifically using one of the greatest tools of all time, a bendable stick, a.k.a. a rope, the rotational movement training rope coming from WEC method. Um, I had my first exposure to the rope, gosh, 2019, uh, over summer, and ever since then, I have done nothing but appreciate my training more and dove, dove, dove deeper into my own intentions with how I move, specifically with gait, with running, with lifting, and just making movement easier, um, trying to get movement for free. And Jonathan over here has had a similar experience just with nonstop flowing with the rope. And we're going to break down what exactly the rope is in terms of a training piece of equipment, in terms of flow state, in terms of just enjoying life and understanding our body more. And I'm extremely excited to talk about this because it's an interesting conversation about movement and understanding how we're right and left sides and we're connected to a center. And there's so many techniques uh, and right ways to do movement that the rope helps to expose if you're doing something efficiently or inefficiently and if you're doing something purposefully or non-purposefully. It's one of the greatest feedback tools, I think, ever, too. Uh, it'll tell you if you're not moving efficiently or flowing smoothly because it'll whip you in the face. It'll hit you in the neck. It'll hit you in the ankle, and you'll get immediate sensory feedback saying that I need to adjust something. So how about that for an intro for rope flow, <laughs> Jonathan? In it, man. We are in it. Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. When was, your, when was your when was your first exposure to the ropes? By the way, uh, it was it was August of 2019. I had to double check on Instagram to see the exact date, and I wrote it down. So it's August 27th of 2019 was my first official post. So I'd imagine sometime during that week, I either saw someone on Instagram doing something, or I saw something somewhere, thought about it, and said, all right, this is this looks pretty cool. Like I got to see what there's more to this. What's going on with this? Hmm. Yeah, I was uh, I took a trip to Peru uh, for a movement project, if you want to call it that, with uh, DJ Marikami and Tom Mountjoy, aka Strong Camps and Primal Movers on IG. And I was watching them swing this rope around, just taking in the scenery, looking at the beautiful mountains and, and where we were staying on this retreat. And I was like, cool, they're swinging around a jump rope. You know, but there was something to it that was very spiral and dynamic that looked like there was much more intention with it. And they were they were talking with individuals about how to use the rope. And I was just there going, just swing it. And I had no idea what I was in store for months later when I had, had done the WEC Method Level 1 course in San Diego and opened my eyes to a whole new realm of understanding and experience and specifically flow state. You know, what, what is flow state and, and what, is it, what does it feel like? And the only, really, only way to describe it is to go get in it to go do something that takes your mind 
from thinking about the past or the future to right now and what you're actually doing and then just getting lost in that and not gauging time, just feeling your body moving through space. What's been kind of the overarching theme uh, in, your, in your rope flowing journey, Jonathan? Uh, that, exact, that exact thing like you're saying. Um, like I've been saying feel it, know it. So with movement, with motion, feeling that motion to create a better understanding with that motion. And like you said, I think the rope is one of the best feedback tools that you can have from loading tissue, from just understanding that kind of threshold of struggle that you're saying with flow state. So finding just where that end range of motion is a little bit with your capability to where you stumble, you get whipped in the leg, maybe you catch the ear a couple of times, been there for sure, but you're still right on the cusp of figuring it out. So you have that eagerness to keep playing with it. And so it's so easy to flow, at least for us, so easy to flow every day because it feels so good and there's always there's always something new. It's never going to be fully figured out, I don't think. There's always going to be some novelty to it or a new pattern that someone comes up with, a new way to challenge yourself. So feel it, know it has been probably the, the biggest thing for me. Hmm. Feel it, know it. It sounds so simple. What, what do you feel? It. You, just, you, you <laughs> feel, feel the it. flow. You feel the flow. Like Whatever that flow state is, however you want to describe it, you feel the tension. You, feel the, you just feel good, and you know something's right. You know something good is going on. Yeah, what's been some physical experiences? If you can just kind of break down, I don't want to necessarily break this down and isolate pieces, but just the feeling that you get after you've flowed for a bit, maybe let's say 5, 10, 30 minutes. Mm. What's like the next hour of your life look like? What the rest, what's the rest of your day look like after that and feel like? It feels very smooth. Like body-wise, moving around, we're on our feet a lot. Um, typically, like if I'm warming up for a day or for a workout or maybe for a podcast about rope flow, I grab the ropes for a little bit just hit a few figure eights and you feel loose hips noticeably feel better um mine's a little bit more clear it kind of like taps you in like all right i'm focused into whatever my next task is going to be i'm focused into whatever my day has in front of me but it almost puts you in like a mellow kind of even keel but focused and aware of what's going on Hmm. you said something about uh you feel like more mobile or feel more access in your body more freedom i think it's one of the biggest benefits of starting rope flow is discovering the truth about your shoulder mobility and your spine mobility and your hip mobility and realizing where you're inhibited in your movement because the the patterns, you know, the initial basics of figure eights or just rolling a rope and taking it like you're basically drawing an infinity sign across your body or a, or a figure eight of sorts. And it forces you to combine all three planes of motion. You have to flex and extend, you have to laterally bend, and you have to rotate. And so it gives your spine and your shoulders an opportunity to experience the full range of availability of what you currently have access to. I remember starting out with just the figure eights, and I was like, oh, this is pretty basic, but it feels nice. And you do it for time, or you do it for speed, and a couple minutes later, you just feel like you've got WD-40 dripping through your body. Just so smooth, <laughs> so glidey. You just open, you're free, like you feel light, and you mm. feel like there's nothing stopping you. And now, you know, going in, into a workout after having opened up, it's, it's amazing the efficiency of just throwing a rope around in a figure eight pattern. And I've done a lot of spiral movement, throwing hammers around, swinging things around, and the rope seems to do it most effectively because you can start to sense when something's a little bit off, right? If your shoulder, one side shoulder is not moving at the same speed as the other side, or you've got one dominant side and one non-dominant side, and the dominant side's trying to take over, and then you start to, every few reps, whip yourself. You start to access an awareness, a proprioception of the space around you and within you and what you're intentionally trying to do. And those basic figure eight movements of overhand and underhand, it exposes so much um, in, our, in our own training, in our own body. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, like you were saying a second ago, you notice where the little like energy leaks are or where like the little hiccup in your movement is. If it's not quite fluid from one side to the other, you know like, all right, somewhere in there, it could be more efficient. And a rope's a great way to kind of find out where is that I don't want to say deficiency, but where could there be that improvement for a more seamless, effortless, smooth energy transfer, just a more effective way of moving? And ropes mm -hmm. just show that so fast. It's like almost you're throwing a rope, and it's like wringing out this tension that, or this compression that's been built up, whether you've been sitting for a while, maybe just not moving for a bit, and you start to throw the ropes, and you're, you're spitting energy at your fingertips, right? You start mm -hmm. to throw, and you're like, ooh, I'm kind of feeling tight in my shoulders and my back. Maybe I'll adjust, and... You have your hips, you have your thoracic spine, you have your shoulders, and you've got your hands that can really shift essentially of uh, what's throwing the rope. 
right? You could throw with your hands and your wrists. You could try to lock those down and you could throw more with your elbows and your shoulders. Or you could lock those down and now you have to get the degrees of freedom from your hips and from your spine. And then if you lock everything down, it's all hip, you can still get your figure eights and you can start to body audit, if you will, mm. uh, what's going on in each layer or of, your, of your mobile chains or mobile spots of your body, like your hips, like your thoracic spine, like your shoulders and like your wrists. And without that tool, you can still visit you know, all the six directions of your wrist moving and of your shoulder moving and of your thoracic spine going through flexion, extension, lateral bending and rotation, and your hips going through flexion, extension, adduction, abduction, rotation, right? Mm. But it's so much to think about. When you grab the ropes, you don't have to think. You just feel, like you said, you feel it, and now you know what you need to do. As opposed to analyzing all these little pieces, it's just picking up the ropes and throwing them can make a huge difference. Like now you're warmed up or you're ready, you're primed and ready to go. I think WEC method really drilled in those principles of uh, more specific towards gait mechanics. So we'll, we'll dive into that in a bit. But mobilizing those tissues that really need to be used when you're working out. And a lot of times we're just not fully warming up and priming those tissues and we're going right into our workout. And as opposed to driving us towards more movement success, more availability and making gains, we start to hit plateaus. We start to burn out. We start to get hurt. We start to feel like we're overworking spots that we've been working consistently for the past you know, weeks, months, whatever the case may be um, in our cycle of training. I like it too because now we're getting, I mean, not to jump ahead, but there's so many different forms of ropes coming out now that like you get so many different variations of feedback to what you're looking for. But I like the ability of with like the standard, like one pound, 12 feet of rope wrapped up to eight and then you add some knots. It's, it's light enough to where you could do exactly that. You could go check inventory with wrist. Okay, wrist, take it up to the elbow a little bit more, bring in the shoulder, take out the wrist. And so you can just kind of run through all these different spots and you get that full kind of diagnostic back of, all right, so, you know, right elbow felt a little funky when I did this. You know, left lat seemed a little bit limited in, like, my overhand. So, yeah, I think it's just a, a quick, easy, efficient, fun way to just kind of check in with your entire body without having to think too, too hard and just feel. Along the lines of that, too, it's with this checking in your body, I'm a pretty emotional guy, but I, I didn't used to show a lot of emotion and express it. You know, I'd, I'd have trouble sharing what it is I was feeling. I just kind of feel a little anxious or like uptight or just like, ah, today's like an off day. Hmm. And since throwing the ropes, I feel like I've had this opportunity to communicate internally with myself to the sense that when I start throwing the ropes, it's like nothing else really matters. Like I, I forget about what happened earlier that day. I might be thinking about that initially. I'm not worried about what's happening tomorrow because as soon as that starts happening, hips in the face right just like ah, damn it all right the rope knew like dude just gets you and so you start to like you start to play around with just like okay i'm now living in this present moment i'm intentionally trying to throw these ropes like if i don't move my hands if i don't move something the rope's not going to move it's not going to move itself i have to interact with this piece of equipment as opposed to the ropes telling me what to do well depends on the day (laughs) maybe but you're telling you're taking that initial step of like all right i'm going to go into this technique and when you're first learning it, it's like, okay, I know my overhand technique, I know my underhand technique, which is pretty much the basics of all athletic movement. And no matter what sport you play, you're going to have an overhand figure eight and you're going to have an underhand figure eight at some point in time. Your underhands are like your, your uppercuts or it's like locomotion and it's very light and it's uplifting and you're extending your spine. You're basically scooping and throwing the rope forward or north, right? Mm. And then you have your south technique or your overhand technique, which is like throwing a ball or striking. Um, uh, much more intention to like flex and throw your body forward. And so I started to play around with uh, those two movements and just expose like, wow, I'm going right into my overhand. Why is this? You know, like, why do I bias towards this technique? And it was because of a path of least resistance. My body knows how to roll forward. It was more comfortable. I throw a lot of stuff. I like to throw punches. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And then underhand technique, it, like, gave, it I had to think a bit more. And as soon as that started to feel more natural, my posture changed, my chest opened up, I felt more confident. And it was like the ropes had allowed me to open up to something that I was closing myself off from. As soon as I started to play around with this and realize it, I was like, these ropes are powerful. You know, like you can go really deep dive into that, but you just start to feel better. You feel more confident. And if you're so stuck in this kyphotic position of your spine, you've been sitting at a desk, you're driving, you're traveling, you know, the typical bad posture position that we, people talk about? Hey, get your shoulders back. It's like, oh, hold on. Hmm. It's not just your shoulders. Like, you've got to teach your hips 
your spine, your shoulders, and your arms to all create that position of what a good posture is or like more extended and opened up chest and opens up your heart and there's such an influx of things that can occur here like what's what's your i want to i want to ask now yeah i want to ask you now so you said like early on overhand was kind of the favorite that path of least resistance and i think that's true for a lot of folks like you get someone going on the ropes like hey let's get the underhand going and you you turn back from the client like you turn your back to them real quick and you turn back they're going overhand again Mm. like all right so Something in there, they don't really like the underhand. So my question for you is once underhand, you know, became dialed in, do you still prefer overhand or underhand? Because I think that once, for me at least, I started with the overhand, but now I significantly would rather go underhand, just kind of flowing around with it. And I think it has something to do with, like, it does help open you up, and there's something, like, to that, that openness, that allowing to have more connection, even, I mean, subconscious, conscious, whatever the case may be, but... I'm interested. Like, do you like overhand or underhand? Short more. answer: I love underhand more. Yeah, long answer could be. But I want to ex- excuse me. I want to expand upon that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let me hear because it. I I think it really has to do with the path of least resistance. Wherever you hold your body most of the time, that's what it's going to prefer to do. And so, seeing a client, hey, they get the overhand, they got the underhand dialed in. You turn around when you t- ask them to do underhand, all of a sudden they're doing overhand again, and yep. they don't realize it. It's a great way to like understand your path of least resistance and what your body's trying to do that your mind doesn't realize it's doing. And so it creates this mind-body connection because you start to you start to sense, oh, I didn't intend to do that, and I didn't even realize I had switched it. My body did it unintentionally, and I didn't realize it. And the more we can like, we start to sense that or see it or feel like, oh, there's that split second when my body like changed the technique. Now we're making, we're making gains because we can start to connect the dots of where our body takes over in a path of least resistance that may not be helping us get better. It may be mm-hmm. pushing us back into a kyphotic state. And so I, the preference now is more about, well, what am I training for? What am I warming up for? If I'm going to do a lot of overhand stuff and like slamming and throwing, I'm going to warm up overhand for sure. I want to wake up that flexion and that roundedness, that that ice intent that comes from Chi Torque. Thank you, DJ and uh, Chris Chamberlain. You guys. Big shout out. Big shout out Savage Protocols and uh, and Strong Camps. You guys, that tension really helps with the ropes. Great course, by the way. Chi Torque, go check it out. Um, as, As you start to sense what you want to wake up. You know, if you're going to throw a bunch of underhand or you're going to do some locomotion drills, go do some underhand figure eights. If you're going to do some more throws and slams, work your overhands. If you're just getting a full body workout and getting both, do do both. Hmm. Um, and it's the the uh, the ability to do both that's most important. Because once you feel it, you know what's going on. Once you start to slam something and you realize how you're intending to do it and you can tie it back to the ropes, oh my goodness, every rep with that rope now makes you better at everything else because you're aware of your body's position, the action, and most of all, the tension within your system that creates that action. And I think that's what's so powerful that we'll dive into in a bit is assessing movement and seeing how people's path of least resistance they're unaware of until they start to throw the ropes and they come back to a a lunge drill or squat drill like, oh. This feels way different. This is what I was doing, and this is what I've been missing. Now I'm able to balance my system out. Just like we've got a dominant, non-dominant side, we're always throwing with our right side, and then we're not doing anything with our left. It's going to continue to pull us in that left rotated position, lock us into a, uh, a type one dysfunction, essentially um, functional dysfunction. Yeah, we put ourselves there, right? What, what's your experience with the with the underhand, overhand, and and what you bias right now? Like, what's your go-to technique? Uh, go-to pattern, underhand sneak is like my go-to pattern by default. But um, I, I, I still prefer going underhand, just it feels a little bit more open. It feels a little bit more ba- uh, bouncy. And it's something that I've directly noticed help my running to where I kind of get that underhand flow kind of pattern going with the hands, with the shoulders, with the hips. And so I'm really into that currently. Love overhand too. But underhand's been been really cool seeing it directly impact my run times, my distance, my fatigue. So underhand. Cool. It's underhand, man. It's a secret to locomotion. We're all, we're all human, right? Yep. We all walk for the most part. We, we can all locomote, locomote. We get from A to B. Right. But how we do it is different from person to person. However, we have certain things within our body that allow us to do it more effectively and to feel freeing and make every rep 
or every step a rep to make you better versus every step is taking you more and more towards a path of dysfunction. Mm. So I think it's where the ropes become very powerful is that you're using them specifically towards transformational zones of movement and specific sport specific movements. So now we start getting deeper into the techniques of beyond the overhand and underhand figure eight. You said the underhand sneak, there's an overhand sneak. It starts to really work on shoulder mobility and your ability to coil right and left side to propel yourself forward. And you got the dragon rolls that is really a rotational power, like through your core, your ability to open up and twist and to flex and twist. Like think of any kind of swinging mechanics, tennis, racket sports, um, what else is big right now? Uh, pickleball. I think a lot of folks just golfing. People getting out there golfing. Golfing, man. Yeah, sneak with golf. Holy moly. You get through an underhand sneak and you're just able to get that coil through your core. It's it's amazing how quickly, too, people pick it up. Because the, there's so many other techniques and things out there or, or skills that you could pick up. Like, let's talk about handstands, you know. It takes a while to develop the strength to do a handstand. You've got to build the foundations where this movement skill, this rope throwing, it's easily accessible to every single human. I mean, we're working with people who are eight years old all the way up to 88 years old, and they're able to get those techniques, but you recognize where, they're, where their weak spots are, where they're lacking mobility, or really where they're lacking coordination and awareness of this tissue, and they think they're tight somewhere, when it may not be tightness, it's just a, it's a lack of awareness on how to use a part of your body. You know, there's so much talk about don't rotate and, you know, keep your spine neutral and all these things, but the ropes force you to not stay neutral. They force you to use the potential of your thoracic spine or your spinal engine to propel your run. Like think about running with your spine versus running with your feet. Well, it's wild to think about just pre, pre ropes, like not even considering that relationship. I mean, you consider like the rotational piece, but that really incorporated that full triplanar load up how is that relationship between your shoulders and your hips? Thing running down the middle has got to be the spine. Like, how can I turn this spine into a literal engine for that seamless energy transfer? And it's with stuff like the ropes. It's with dialing in that relationship between those two things. Shoulders are just the hips of the upper body. Hips are just the shoulders of the lower body. Like, let's get those guys working together. Hold on. My shoulders are my hips. My hips are my shoulders? Dude, one of the same, brother. Connected via a straight line. Dog. Powerful. That bends and twists. Wow. It's like a spring. It's like a spring. You yeah. Know? I got a top and a bottom. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah, harnessing that, getting that relationship dialed in is so, so key, especially in gait and locomotive patterns. I want to take it back. It, it is a shallow learning curve. You know, people look at us throwing the ropes, and we look at other people throwing the ropes like, oh, dude, what, how did you do that? And then people look at us like, how did you do that? And we're like, just keep practicing, like, one rad, as we say, one rep a day. And it doesn't mean just like throw, throw it once. Like give yourself a bout of like 10, 15 minutes and just go practice what you know. Because as you practice what you know and you keep practicing the skills, let's say it's just your overhand, underhand, figure eight, you could, you could thrive off of those two. But you're definitely going to start wanting more because you're going to feel like, okay, I've got this. I could do this with my eyes closed. I could do it without stopping the rope. I can jump. I can lunge. I can do all these things. What's next? You know, and there's always more to be to be added to your practice. And the more you practice, the more you start to sense how that practice, how that session made you feel the rest of the day or for your workout or even like as a recovery tool to just wring stuff out that needs to be moved after a really tight, you're sore from the from a two, day, two days ago in the workout and your like, arms don't want to move, but you throw the rope and you're like, wow, that was tiring while I was doing it, but it left the rope feeling more mobile. Uh, everybody has access to this tool. You don't even need to use this rope. It's just... It's a great way, you know, if you've got something that's a, that's a, like a towel or a jump rope, you can start practicing it, but you're going to want something that's a little more high quality that can give you the feedback into your hands, into your shoulders, into your hips, so that you can make those little minor tweaks to become more fluid in those moves. It is a very, like, tweakable thing to where, like you're saying, it's accessible at almost all levels to where you could put, like, your most novel client with these ropes, and they're going to gain something from having these ropes kind of moving around with them. Same thing with like your intermediate level all the way up to someone's a seasoned veteran in the fitness game. They're, I mean, they're a rock star athlete. Put the ropes in their hand, you're still going to learn some stuff and they're going to gain something from it. Doesn't matter who it is. Mm. So it's just such a powerful tool. Like, such a powerful tool. It only makes you better at what you do as a, as a human being, as a mover, as an athlete. Every single person is an athlete 
if you can move, you're an athlete in some kind of sport. Now, there may be higher-level athletes for sport-specific things, but we all move through the sport of life, and we all walk, and we all reach, and we can all throw, and we can all swing. So why not make those things as best as possible? And they, they can only get better with practice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that I see people as they're, in, they're reaching the 30s, 40s, 50s, they stop throwing stuff. They stop swinging stuff. They start to take a step back and be like, oh, I don't want to hurt myself. It's like this is a one pound to potentially, who knows how heavy you can go, but one pound to start out just to get everything back in action. It's, you know, it, your hands give so much feedback to your brain. And if you're touching something that's connected from one side to another, it's this tether, and it smacks you a few times, you make those little adjustments, but proprioceptively, now you become so much more aware of your sphere and what you can do in it. And you don't even realize that until you start throwing the ropes. You're like, oh, I'm moving differently. I feel like the world is my catwalk, you know? You get to, you're stepping, your hips are moving, your spine's moving, your shoulder's moving, and I hear people say, oh, I feel like kind of ridiculous. It's like, you look like an athlete now. You're, you're walking like you know what you're doing versus this stiff brick that looks like it's gonna fall over in the wind. Like we, we wanna be able to blow and flow with, with whatever life throws at us and the rope allows you the opportunity to communicate with your body in such a way that anything that comes your way, you're like, I can, I can flow with this, I can figure it out. You know, I'll, I'll deal with it. It'll come, it'll go. I'm gonna find where I can, I can shift or I can influence my situation. Yeah, you're definitely, you get to the point where you feel like you're kind of strutting your stuff a little bit, moving around. You're just, you're waking up so much tissue, so many muscles and so many like proprioceptors that may have not gotten the love that they needed in quite some time. So with the proprioceptive feedback, like you were saying, you're waking up these new muscles, you're getting these muscles to fire together, you're creating new paths that maybe you didn't have access to. Now you're getting new access to new movements you may have not thought possible, all because you decided to pick up a one pound rope and throw on some really good music in the background and just move mm-hmm. around a little bit. I think that's a, like, that's a huge part of it too, the creative side of it. It's so creative, it's so meditative. It's like you feel so good. Obviously the last like year and some change has been a stressful time for a lot of folks. For me, default, meditative practice, use the ropes. 30 minutes, getting some sunshine and just music. Good music, good rope flow and some sun. Best alternative to sitting meditation. How about let's do a moving meditation. Grab your rope, flow around with it. And like you said, what's your what's your go-to type of music to flow into right now? I know what changes. I know Yeah, changes. it's all over the map. I would say like I was heavy in like the punk pop kind of stuff for a bit, but right now I would say it's like, it's like a weird 80s like alternative kind of heavy beats, but like mellow lyrics, like soft music but with a heavy, you know, bass in the back. So good to have the beats. You start to like time your throws mm-hmm. with that beat and you get lost in it. Like that's, that is flow state. It's where your skill matches your challenge level, you know, and we talk about flow state. We won't go too deep into this because there's a lot of thoughts about it. Go check it out. Look at flow state. You'll learn a lot. Um, but if you look at like an X and Y axis, right, and you've got a graph that on the bottom is your skill level and it goes up, right? It keeps increasing and your challenge level can go up and increases. Imagine meeting your skill level with the perfect amount of challenge where you're so involved with what you're doing that all you want to do is like figure it out or just more so stay there and experience that state of perfect harmony in your movement with what you're actually actually capable of right then. And as you live in that state, you just acquire more skills and then you challenge yourself more and you acquire more skills and you challenge yourself more. Let's say, you okay, you've mastered all the techniques and you've got... I don't even know what all the techniques are. There's still new ones coming out, but let's say you've got figure eights, you've got your dragons, you've got your sneaks, you've got your matadors. Maybe you can do it with single arms too. And now, all right, cool, I got the techniques. Well, then how do I, what do I go from there? It's like piecing them together. So now can you do all those techniques without ever stopping, right? And that's where you end up in this flow state because you start to figure stuff out about your own movement that you didn't even know you were capable of. It's like, what did I just do right there? What, what just happened that felt really good? And then you're like, okay, I hit my next challenge level. I got to figure out how to replicate what I just did. Or you end up with not enough challenge and you've got all this skill and you just get bored out of your mind, right? And I think that's where a lot of people end up with different skills is like, okay, I've mastered it, now what? It's like, well, no, now dive back into the basics and restart. How can you make that even more thorough, more deep, more of an experience? And I think that's where we've gone is more of that emotional um, expression. It's a creative side. It's a side that shows what's going on within us, and it helps inspire others through whatever positive vibes, just different intents, or you're like, what did that person just do? That's so weird. You know, we've, 
we've started to dabble more in this this realm and I want to give it out shout out shout out slush ropes because she's She's got that soul flow going with major, other equipment too. But major shouts out, dude. Yeah, if you're looking for a dope rope, slush rope. Slush rope. Also, winding rope's pretty good too. Winding rope's They're too. They're pretty solid. They got some and, weighted ropes. I was going to say, and the winding slash slush collab. Oh. They got, they got all kinds of crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You're wearing it. Yeah. Rocking it right now. But yeah, big shouts out to them, dude. Good vibes. Good Another, energy. I want to give more, more shout outs too. Uh, we got Octo Moves. That, that dude's killing it. Yep, rocking it. Uh, Already said the Wack. surfer game. Yeah, Weck. Weck out there. Chris Chamberlain, Savage Protocols, dialed in. ET Strength, that dude's performance level. He like crushed 100 sneaks, alternating sneaks yeah. in a minute, jumping sneaks, Wild. 100 dragons. Like, I never hit 100 dragons in a minute. No. I kind of like fell off the bandwagon there. I was like, I got like 88 or something. I was like, oh, dude, I got to really work at this. Dude, yeah, we were right there, like, flirting with that 90 line. I put some slower beats on and just felt comfortable there. Yeah. So shout out, shout out to Ed. Yeah, dude, it's just so cool. It's just so cool because there's like all those challenges that build this cool little community. Because now bringing that up, when we did the Dragon Switch Challenge, which was like January of 2020, like just before everything kind of hit the fan a little bit, I remember there being such a push from all the rope flow folks. Like there was a little group chat going on. They're just like, hey, dude, you know, I'm at. I got like 85 on that one. So essentially the challenge for those who don't know is 60 seconds. How many dragon switches could you do in that time? And we ended up getting around that 90 range, which is awesome. Kudos to us. But yeah, there were some folks who were really cooking, but it was a community. The sense of community around it is very supportive. Hmm. And is very, it's like open. It's just like we were talking about. It opens you up. It's opened up a community to where now there's so many folks reaching out for different. Worldwide. Like, wide, 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 wide. And so there's so many folks just like reaching out to help each other out, to share what they've learned, to share what they're practicing, to ask for help on certain things. You're seeing people from like this person in the UK is reaching out. Hey, can you like show me how to do underhand sneak again? Yeah, bro. Got you. Like, let me help you out. So stuff like that. Who wasn't happening before. It's so cool. Mm. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful community uh, supporting healthy habits and accountability of just keep getting your reps, right? Just just keep practicing. Like you're gonna f- see somebody who's so much, in quotes, better than you, because you're comparing yourself to them, and it's easy to be like, ah, I'm never gonna be able to do that, and then s- just set them down. It's like no, we're all in that same boat. And we're all learning together, and it's it's not about being better than somebody else in the rope flow community. It's about finding your flow, finding your rhythm, finding your speed, and finding what is it that you're gonna flow to slow. Fast? Are you going for performance? Are you going just to meditate? Are you going to spit out some positive vibes in the world? Go show up at a park and just swing the rope around. It's gonna get people walking up and be like, "What is going on? There's like a dancing atom out there." Like so good. So it's it's insane. So I actually have, I have a follow up question on that. Then, um, so so many styles are so different. If you have one, is there's someone's flow that's your current favorite right now? Like when you see their flow, you're just like, oh. Not saying it's better or worse than anybody else. It's just like, I really dig that style. I admire Chris from Weck Method so much because he's so innovative with the ropes. And dude, strong as man. Yeah. He is, he's, a, he's an ox. And he'll come up with some techniques. that He'll do it in slow motion. I'm like, how did he do that with his hand or his wrist? I'm like, I'm sitting there for four days trying to figure out how my left wrist can flip a certain way. And I'm like, then I don't even know how my wrist works anymore. I'm just like lost in it. I'm like, oh, all right, time to reset and then come back. So there's no one favorite. I, I love the variety, and I love seeing how people just listen to different music, and they're just in it. Like you're, you're not competing with anybody, not even competing with yourself. It's all about getting to a place where your skill meets your challenge, and then the world doesn't even matter. Like you are your world in that point. Like you are so inside of your own mind and body that you connect with that that source, you connect with that that energy that is l- limitless. Like you just feel energized. You could be on a on a long flight, get off and have some um, jet lag, and you go throw the rope around for 10, 15 minutes. Like you're back in it. You're gonna be back in it, recalibrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I invite anybody who's listening to this. If you haven't, you know, taken the ropes with you on like your road trip or whatever, I think that's a big piece too. Just take that with you. It's so it's so portable. And one thing a lot of clients tell us is if they're traveling around, they're going on vacation, what's one piece of equipment? They, they all default. Like, well, I, can, I know I can take the ropes. Take the ropes. <laughs> take the ropes, man. They're going to ask you, what's, what's this uh, thing in your bag, sir? Is, these, uh, what, is it a weapon? What is this weapon? It could be. It could be if I weaponize it. I say, dude, don't make me weaponize this bad boy. But take the ropes with you. You get out of the car. 
hit a quick stretch, flow in that stretch, notice how much better you feel. Feel how much better you feel. It's, I, it's one of the best uh, cardio workouts too. Low impact. So if you like don't like running, spinning, swimming, it's like repetitive, it's monotonous, it gets boring after a bit. I mean, more power to you if you like that stuff, great. This is going to make you better at those things too. But if you're worried about those activities, you're like I still got to get my cardio in, I don't know how to do it, spin your ropes, figure eight, fast as you can for 25 seconds and then do that for eight rounds and then do another technique and do the same thing. And 30 minutes later, you're going to be like, I am sweating and I feel amazing. And your body, guess what? Now you go walk, you're going to walk better. Now you go throw a ball, you're going to throw the ball better. You're going to swing and put something up on a shelf. You're like, huh. Normally it it's bothers me or I do it slowly. There's one, there's one moment uh, in, gosh, I think it was early 2020, we had, we had a workout set up. It was 5.30 in the morning. I was walking in. I didn't see the sandbags on the ground. And I was, I was run. I like to run through the facility. I don't walk anywhere. I just run now. Yes, it is. Lo- strictly underhand sneaking it through the facility, full speed. I hit the sandbag at full speed, like in my fifth step. And I was, I saw the ground and I was like, oh God, I'm going to belly flop and smack my face and my belly and my knee. And somehow I ended up on my feet. I'd flipped over like a front flip. Didn't even touch my back on the ground. I just, my feet full on, like, look back. It's like, did anybody see that? Hmm. I think you were in there, but nobody saw it. And I just like, I was tripped out because my body did something that I had, it prevented me from falling and hurting myself. Not only that, it put some kind of ninja skill download into my body where I landed on my feet and I was like, this is what that feels like. This is like when you're in that flow and like you didn't even know what just happened. You're just feeling good. Yep. Your body took care of you. And I think that's what the ropes are so, so powerful in that sense. I have, we've got athletes that come in like, I caught myself from a fall that I've never, like I never in a million years thought I'd catch myself from. Stepping on ice, slippery road, slippery grass, whatever it like is. Trail floor. running is a big one. Like trail oh. running, people just slipping and sliding on like loose gravel. There's rocks. Like, well, I noticed like when I was going into it, I kind of caught myself in that coil and popped back out. You're like, that's yeah, the goal. dude, you've been rope flowing like no other. Hell yeah, you <laughs> caught yourself. Dude. Like, and it's so subconscious in the time. I like, I like the amount of frustration it can create, but then it seems like after a little bit of frustration, once things start to click, there's like an like exponential growth again, and then you kind of plateau for a second, and you're like, all right, how can I like, oh, growth again, and then like a little bit of a plateau. So you're always getting challenged in the subconscious downloads. Caught myself when I was running a couple weeks back, uh, very much throwing up double shakas and like letting the pinkies kind of lead underhand flow style and was the best I've felt running in probably ever, ever, <laughs> like nuts. Uh, yeah, running with shakas now, man. My my pinkies and thumb don't even touch the equipment anymore. They're just, <laughs> just guiding it, just, just guiding. Yeah, it. it's pretty cool. <sighs> yeah, it's just fun, man. It's just a good time. Well, I think too, watching folks kind of rope flow around. I think spatial awareness in certain people. Maybe you don't like you're just not aware of your surroundings. Like some folks, just like you're so either caught up in your head, caught up in your body, whatever it is, not quite paying attention to your surroundings. If you're rope flowing. You're going to either hit a person, you're going to hit something, you're going to know. So it almost expands like the sphere of the person. So it gives you, you know, a certain amount of feet in any given direction to where, you're, to where now you're more aware of what's going on around you, either conscious or subconscious. You kind of know like, oh, hey, there's a cage behind me. Oh, oh chair right there. Nope, person's walking by. CJ sprinting. Oh, tripped over a sandbell. Good thing I didn't hit him with my rope. Like he would have really <laughs> fell on that one. Like all that kind of stuff's going on. And you just create a, a larger sphere that you now have access to. Wow, that's beautiful. It, it allows you to hold space. And I think that's what we all need more of right now is not space away from each other. It's holding space for each other and for ourselves. And if we can hold space for ourselves and we're aware of the space around us physically, internally we're going to have more space that we know like we're not claustrophobic inside of our own body. We feel like we've embodied our space and we realize that everybody else has space too. And so it's like I'm seeing so many athletes now holding space for others while they're learning. You know, in, in a positive learning environment, you see somebody struggling. It's not like, oh, let me, let me help you figure this out. It's like I want to know where that, that person's struggling so I can maybe give them some feedback if they need it, but they'll get it eventually. And your feedback is, yo, just keep working at it. You'll get better. Mm-hmm. Like that's holding space. Like you, you're providing that, just that little bit of encouragement, that little touching point that – 
you told them like, ah, I've been there and it will get better. I didn't believe it, but trust the process. Or I know where you're messing up right now and you can't figure out that technique. And I know it's frustrating. Let me give you this one cue that helped me. And we start holding a space for each other to learn and to grow. And it goes so much further beyond rope flow. It goes so much into how we interact with each other and how we understand each other and, and that frustration and reaction mode. Because when you're learning the technique that pisses you off, like I've thrown my ropes a few times. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, ropes. Like it wasn't you. It was me. It was all me. <laughs> like literally talking to my ropes, whispering. <laughs> Over, overhand sneak for example, was one that, that really frustrated me and CJ was trying to teach me. And one of the few times I was just kind of like, dude, shut the hell up. Like, let me be frustrated <laughs> for a second. Let's, let, me, let me get this on my own. But after that, like, you grow so much. And one of my favorite parts is when you have a client come up to you and before you can even give, like, some help or assistance, another client's like, oh, I, I, I'm going to help him. Oh, now it's like, man. dude, all right. Like, let me see what you got because I want to see. It's that community aspect again. Mm-hmm. Same way other coaches, other people are reaching out to us asking questions, even within the, the smaller gymnasio community, you see a client pick up the ropes for like the first time, a client who's been working on it for a couple months is like, ooh, I know that they're new, I recognize they're new, I'm going to come help them like feel welcome and show them like the basics. Ah, oh, it's empowering, man. It's inspiring. So empowering. Like so, so empowering. And to see like, to see the things click, I also think that how certain moves, certain patterns, certain rhythms took us so long that now other folks are picking them up seamlessly. I think that that like evolution of skill acquisition is so cool and so interesting. There was some study, I know you talked about this before. Don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, I don't know exactly, but the premise was something like they were looking at monkeys on a beach or something or monkeys somewhere trying to open up a nut mm. and monkeys couldn't figure it out. They t- like One monkey figured it out in another part of the globe cracked it open with like a rock or some, some way they got the nut. Mm-hmm. And having no communication between those monkeys, the other monkeys figured it out. It's like there's like a, there's a mental, like a fourth dimensional space that if one of your species figures, figures it out, eventually the whole species does. And the faster that more people, more, more of that species do, the faster others do. And we're seeing that not just here, but in, I feel like with, through social media, either we're being exposed to it through the algorithm and it's just showing us more of what we're doing or there's actually more people in the world doing this and figuring it out much faster. You know, you get somebody who it took us maybe, let's say, an hour to get the dragon roll and make it smooth. Now somebody's getting it like in two minutes. Oh, yeah. And now somebody just picks up the rope and now they can just figure it out themselves. Like we're getting to a point where we're allowing our bodies to move more freely through our hips and through our core and our spine and our shoulders and our elbows and our wrists that it's creating this, this energetic wave of freedom that other p- people's bodies are picking up on and they pick up their ropes like, wow, I get it. I feel it. I know it. This is, this is it. Yeah. There's still some that haven't come around to the ropes, but they, they will. Oh, they will. They will. It's, one of the, it's the most versatile, most functional, most um, liberating uh, equipment that I think exists in this world today. I was going to say badass too. Oh, it is badass. badass. It's sweet. You catch some funky looks, but you know, every once in a while... They just don't get it. They will. Well, you they feel will. it. You'll yeah. Know. yeah. Here, try it out. It just, uh. just flow with the ropes a little bit. Well, I think, I mean, even on that piece, like just being able to express yourself and be able to like look goofy, it's so just kind of well-known now in the rope flow community. Like, hey, if you go out, you're at the beach and you're moving around with the ropes, like people are going to ask some questions. Like now you're inviting more opportunity to create an even larger like reach out of more folks rope flowing. So it's just... It just seems like it's building off of each other, like off itself so well to just keep mm-hmm. growing and growing and growing and building this like awesome community. I want to talk about client success because I, I think we're kind of, we talked about it a little bit, but we can go a little bit deeper and more intentional of how we actually use the ropes, not just like, oh, dude, it's flow. It's so great. It's so mm-hmm. nice. It's so like we, there's intention behind it too to help others discover for themselves how it can help them in their daily life and in their function. And that's what we do as movement practitioners you know, we're always learning about movement. You're never going to know it all about movement. The more we know, the less we actually know. It's like, oh, shit, man, there's so much more out there. The great thing about the ropes is it's going to give you an honest view of how their right and left sides are communicating together. It's called the Bozu effect, thanks Weck method, that both sides utilized. And we all have a dominant side, generally. 
but we can teach that non-dominant side or the ones that people call the bad side to actually be an opportunity side to balance us out, to, to synchronize both sides through our center and feel more balanced just within our own bodies. What's some of the things you've done with, um, with clients? Let's bring up one case study maybe or two that uh, you found success with the ropes. Yeah, so I had um, one that stands out was just like last week. So I had a client come in and just was having some pain in the hips. Like posterior hip was a little bit bound down, glute loading, things like that. And I was noticing as I was having him kind of walk up and down the turf, he was staying very, very rigid through his upper body. And I was asking him, like, hey, man, like, you ever just, you know, loosen up through the shoulders a little bit, kind of let him, let him roll as you're walking? And he made the connection that he didn't like his shoulders moving so much because it, it further loaded that posterior chain of his hip that was causing the pain. So got him on the ropes, went just neutral feet, underhand, overhand for a bit, split stance, right foot in front, left foot in front, underhand, overhand for a bit, and then just let him walk again. And noticeable difference of shoulder motion, less pain through the posterior chain of that hip, and just everything seemed to be more fluid. So there's an instant feedback of, hey, I'm gaining motion through the thoracic spine, and we're further loading that backside hip without there now being pain. That's the exact direction that we were trying to take that session. So ropes really helped that. Um, Another one would be uh, another client I had, same kind of thing, um, bound down through right adductor, left glute loading, so similar kind of a gait thing going on. Had her go split stance, toe in, load the glute, and then just sit in that pulse, underhand and overhand, a minute apiece. Pain's going away, glute's starting to load, adductor's opened up. It's, it's, so, like, it's so simple, but there's so much happening just by having that mass, that momentum, not really the, the ground reaction force, but without the impact. So you're still getting that load to explode from gravity um, but without that impact piece. So I've seen it directly impact. I mean, a handful, if not more, like dozens and dozens and dozens, but those two stand out a lot. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I want to share my experience first of my own case, like of me, because I, I wanted to, I got to feel it to believe it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can tell me everything, but if I don't experience it, like it's bullshit. I get you. I'm, I'm, I want to experience it or I want to experience something and then I'll help others through it. So when I went to WEC Method 1 in 2019, it was, it was ropes, it was bozu, it was pulsers. So there's multiple things. But I, I really attribute my gains in my speed, especially uphill. Like there's a run we do at Bishop Peak, which is like two point something miles. And I had shaved off like every month I was doing the ropes, I was shaving off minutes. Like I'm going full tilt, whatever I can do. I'm not running the whole time. I was like, ah, uphill is kind of tough. But after doing the ropes again and again and again, my times went so far down, I was less... I was working not as hard while running uphill. Like I felt like I was running downhill, uphill at times. And I was like, oh, this is insane. And then you recognize it like, ah, no, now I'm working hard. So after WAC Method 1, where we, we analyzed gait, we started to, we were running with the ropes, doing like locomotion stuff, running in circles, and just working a lot of figure eights and getting a ton. Um, my body, now I, I can't walk without coiling. Like, I'm so aware of how my shoulders, my elbows, like, I feel like I'm dancing when I walk, and I probably, I, I just dance when I walk, actually. But it feels so freeing and liberating because it feels, it feels opening. You know, I'm not, like, doing it intentionally. My body's doing it because it feels better than just being stiff and rigid. And so my speeds went up. Uh, I was lifting differently. Like, I started to do different barbell lifts. There was coiling and kettlebell lifts. I was coiling. I learned a lot from Chris and uh, Alex Canelli's um, programming there, and it was I had adopted this, some of that, and it's like, okay, it worked for me, but are they just like fudging with my brain? And like, all right, I just learned some new stuff. I'm super stoked on it. So I wanted to put it into action. And I have a lot of runners that I work with. So my first runner, she's got, uh, she's really kyphotic up top, and she runs. She's got knee pain, ankle pain, foot pain, big toe pain when she's running on one side. And sometimes it shifts to their foot. So I was like, how do I? You know, we've worked on her hip, we've worked on her thoracic spine, trying to get extension, but nothing specific to actual running. It was just like running positions and loading tensions. But when you're running, it's a flow from right to left side. And if you're imbalanced, your body after a couple miles or specific amount of time is going to let you know it's imbalanced. So we started working stride mechanics and doing overhand first because she was kyphotic, overhand came naturally. We tried to do underhand. Oh, man, it was miserable. And she would get a few reps, and then it would go back to overhand. She couldn't figure it out, kept whipping her ankle. So I started to work just like rolling against a wall, underhand rolls, then work to figure eights, and then like shuffling with it and using the downward momentum of the rope so that the, like Wex says, the up is free because you put downward force into the ground, ground reaction force. Now 
in principle, you should bounce up off the ground like a trampoline just sprung you up. And that's what I felt. So I was like, who can I get my athlete to feel this? You know, not say anything to her. Just like, hey, experience this and let me know how you feel. She shaved off a minute off her mile time. She runs like, like five to six miles at a time. She ran a minute faster. It was like two sessions. So and less, less foot pain, less knee pain. She was like, I don't know what happened, but it just felt good. Like I felt a little bit of that coil. So that was like one moment that I was like, okay, there's something more to this. And so I started to bring the ropes into every one of my clients or at least the principles of the rope and rotational movement training because people are like, oh, I don't want to do the rope. It's too, kind of, it's too goofy. Like, so we got to feed there that teddy bear, right? Like, all right, maybe we won't use that. We'll just use a dumbbell or maybe we'll use a barbell and work on that uh, side coil or maybe a resistance band. But typically I'm trying to get all my clients into the ropes a little bit just to feel how their sides are communicating. So I've got another client, um, I've been working with her for now a couple of years, and she's in her, I want to say she's mid-70s, and basically horrible balance, uh, afraid of falls, and just didn't have a lot of strength in the legs or in the upper body. So we started bringing the ropes. She wanted to like walk and, and go on hikes and stuff that's a little bit more impact, but worried about her knees and slipping. So we started to work, again, stride stance or single leg balance, just the figure eights. And we started to introduce the dragon roll and rotation through her spine. Now she's moving like she's 40. It's like... So good. And she just is doing, you know, reps every other day. And that's the only thing we really shifted in her training. We still continue to work on loading and, and balance work, but the ropes really expose when you're fighting to one side. You know, if you're figure eighting, you're going to see where somebody's biasing or not rotating or not using part of their... Their peltrunculate, their pelvis, their trunk, or their scapulas. Hey, your uh, your hips aren't moving. Let's get those to twist a little bit. Then balance gets shifted. So like, okay, we need to expose your hips to more stability in that dynamic flow of that figure eight. And it's amazing how quick people can pick up on it. And then you see their progress in weeks and then in months. And you see them get younger if you're working with an older client. Or if you're with a younger client, you just see them continue to gain more strength and more awareness in their own body that you see them now when they jump, they got this pulse. When they run, they got this coil. When they throw a medicine ball, their, their body's naturally allowing them to lean into twist in ways that have been steered away from in fitness. Like don't rotate, keep your spine straight. It's like that's not how we necessarily move in function. So we can do our strength training stuff, sure, but we also need to integrate these coils or these movements or these flow mechanics, if you will, uh, into, a, into a daily program. And it makes me think about too. So obviously we were saying we got into this like August, September, 2019. And we're, I mean, we're, we're well versed in, in rope flow and the ropes, but had we got our hands on this like earlier, like I would imagine now that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream, just the athletic potential of the upcoming now generation. Like I want to get kids rope flowing. Like I think kids rope flowing would be pick it up so fast. Yeah. And then, like, what is that going to look like when, you know, so-and-so starts rope flowing at 10 years old, now they're that junior in high school, maybe going collegiate athlete. Like, oh, I just want to see, like, that that timeline of what that's going to look like. Obviously, it's, mm. it's way too soon right now, but it's very... Start them young. Yeah, start them young. Just get it going. It just feels right. You know what feels right. If uh, you don't know, get to know. Yeah, get to know for sure. Uh, I want to chat a little bit, too, about... Um, our rope flow class, our rope flow course that we're going to release um, soon. Uh, our rope flow class, we do it once a week at Gymnazo, and it's so fun to lead a group class of rope flow. Where as a coach, I'm not flowing the entire time. I'm I've got a program of like a, a priming sequence. Then we got like six exercises with the ropes that it's the same sequence for a whole month, and then we like change up the flows. And seeing people progress every week, they show up and they're like, I'm putting in the work in between classes. And they show up to the class and they look that much better at their dragon rolls. And now they're teaching other people in the class to get their dragon rolls. This started with like three people in class. And we got 14 every Tuesday coming in. So Just sick. doing flow. And it's we get so newbies good. coming in and they're learning so much faster. And it's just such a positive environment. Nobody's competing with each other. It is so much more about... It's, it's, this hour's for you. Like, gift yourself an opportunity to do nothing but care about yourself. Those that you can care about other people when you leave the session. You know, you, now you can, you can care better because you're giving yourself an opportunity. I do want to piggyback something on that because I have had the chance to coach that session that you're talking about a couple of times. 
Um, and it, it feels so light. Like the session, not light mm. as in like light, like there's not a lot of people here. Light as in like you feel light as you're kind of cruising around. Like you feel, that's the only way I could describe it. You just feel, you feel good being in that kind of situation, in that company, in that environment. So I think that, again, just speaks to the community that it's pulling together. And if you find yourself in a rope flow community, chances are it's pretty open and it's pretty supportive. And you're probably going to find a lot more things than ropes, like kettlebells, maces, yeah. other random pieces of equipment, bow staffs. A lot of creativity. Just a lot of flow, a yeah. whole lot of flow. Yeah, if, you, if you're a coach out there that uh, is interested in like leading a rope flow class, reach out. Our structure is simply like it's an hour. It's about a 10-minute warm-up. It's about 40, 40 minutes of exercises mixed with like Tabata style for certain activities like an overhand or underhand figure eight or like dragon rolls. And then there's other like more skill-based ones that we're looking like different lunges and more strength and slower flow, but becoming aware of how we transition from different directions. And then other ones are just teaching a new technique, like as an active recovery. And then we finish up with a good burner that everybody can do, like a figure eight jump switch or a dragon switch again. And then just leave some time for questions and open open chat. It's so cool to witness that energy every class and not to have it super structured that you has to, it has to everything be perfect. It's like, here's the six exercises we're going to work on. And these exercises are going to make you better, whether it's your racket sport, if it's agility for soccer, if it's your jumping, if it's your ability to get off the ground and still flow. Like, it's just a matter of transferring from one position to the next, and that's very much what life is. And if we're super aware of how we're sitting, standing, walking around, getting up off the ground, putting something up on a shelf, getting in our car, out of our car, or walking around the grocery store, and we feel like we're still throwing the ropes through each of these things, you can hold that flow state to a to a place where people are looking at you like, are you, are you okay? Like, you seem really happy. Like, no, I'm just living in flow. It's vibing. <laughs> just vibing, vibing out. out, man. Um, our rope flow course is going to look at just some of the basics that's taught by like WEC method and and uh, in WEC method one, just a more of a step-by-step approach that you can follow along with. It's got some cool edits so you can see some graphics about how we're visualizing as we're throwing the rope and how we're transferring from one position to the next. Super simple and then gets into more intermediate techniques. It's a good couple hours of content just to, to sit with and to revisit and follow along and, and realize, wow, there's there's a lot more that I'm not really sure how did that's even possible, but I see steps to get there. And in all honesty, it's it's just reps. It's just reps. Carve out yourself five to ten minutes a day. You're going to realize it's probably going to be 30 minutes to an hour when you get lost in it. That's actually a good point because I don't think we brought that up just yet. And I know we were talking about it a little bit before this. Um because a lot of folks ask, hey, how did you guys, you know, get to the current place that you're at with the ropes? And we rope flow a lot is, is the short answer. So since starting, how many days have you not rope flowed since you started rope flowing? Roughly. Zero, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> Zero. Like, I think I maybe took a weekend off once. Like, there are some days where I only like, pick up the ropes for five minutes, though. There's some days where I'm there for like three hours. Yep. I got time on my hands though. Sometimes you know it's like yeah. I don't have kids right now. I got True. I got dogs. They bring their rope over. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing my rope. Yeah, I got yeah, dogs. We got our own yeah. ropes going on. Like, so everybody's got their own timeline, but you can. Everybody's got time. You just gotta carve it for yourself mm-hmm. and give yourself that little bit of time because it can it can add up. Yeah, during your lunch hour, first thing in the morning, just kind of wake up, stretch a little bit, grab the ropes, five to ten minutes, then start your day. Wake up five minutes early, grab the ropes for a second. Going surfing. Do a little rope flow as you're, you put your wetsuit on, go, go move around a little bit. Going for a run, before you go get in the car, go a couple minutes of rope flow. Do some quick jump switches. Get a little heat going. Just yep. feel that flow. You'll notice a difference. You will notice a difference. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. Uh, we, got, we got a little more time. There's some fun stuff we can, we can go into here and probably future of a podcast, but uh, dreams, man. Dreams and <laughs> dreams of flow. Yeah. You ever, you ever dream about throwing the rope? Yes. Absolutely. And that and the mace, those two tend to sneak into the dreams a bit. Um, and I know that you you share in the same way. I think that when we're practicing it so much, it is ingrained at such like a deep level that obviously, obviously we're also always analyzing movement, 
to where I'll have dreams of me flowing. I'm feeling the like I'm feeling the lengthening and shortening of tissue, but like also I know I'm asleep, but I'm learning these skills. And then when I come out of the dream and I try to apply them in real life, even if it's a move I've never actually done in real life before, like I learned a pattern in my sleep, hmm. which I don't like. <laughs> that's like a, that's uncharted podcast territory for us, but yeah, on multiple occasions, like that has happened. What about you? It's it's I'm realizing when you get to that spot, you're working on a skill that you just can't figure out. Like you've you've spent twenty minutes now and you're just frustrated and you get to that point of like, ah, just I'm done with this, like never gonna figure this out. That's like giving up to a point where your body now like it's surrendering to the experience. And I feel like when you hit that point, accept that, sleep on it, come back tomorrow. You might even have a dream about it, but your body's had time to process and analyze what's been going on and it's gonna eat you. It's gonna eat you up. So come back to it. You know, give yourself a day two days if you're that frustrated, but come back to it, be patient, be gentle, and you're going you're gonna to end up feeling like, okay, that skill developed while I was sleeping. But there, there's some occasions where I'll have a very vivid dream where I'm throwing the rope around and I'm like stretching in my sleep. Like I'm using the rope to re- restore some tissues that were working. And in that experience, you can start to sense what you've been missing or like little fine points that you can tweak and add to your rope flow that there's no wrong way to do it. You know, you start to realize there's so many right ways and we tend to do what we know and what we're shown and we, without exploring then the extra side of it, which is like everything goes, you'll be limiting your full potential with the rope. And I think with, with those frustrations, with those dreams, with that opportunity to just practice without ever actually doing it physically and just doing it mentally, there's, there's something to those mental reps. And there's been a lot of studies that have shown you mentally practice something and visualize yourself doing a sport, you're going to play better. You see yourself in a position or in a rough situation in that sport or in that movement, transformational zone, you're going to do it better because you visualize that. And a lot of Olympic-level athletes, high-level athletes, you see them, they're, they're just in the zone, headphones on, they're focused like somebody coming down a ramp skiing or snowboarding, and they're just like moving and grooving, and they can they can sense what they've already been doing again and again and again. And it allows for when you're in that experience and now you wake up and now you go throw the rope or you go you go run, that now there's more room for you to experience. You're not anticipating anymore. You're mm-hmm. just responding to the current moment. And you see it so much in different arts, sort of like performing arts and especially with martial arts, you see them do like a, a floor routine. Like they practice that routine again and again and again and again and again to the point where they can fine-tune what their fingers are doing and what their face is doing and really express what's internally going on. And I think if we just accept that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a whole new opportunity, a whole new journey, especially as you're going into the ropes or into any new physical practice, that you just feel more connected with what you're doing. And so if you have those dreams, talk about them. Yeah. Comment on this. Tell us. We're yes. collecting data. We're yes. collecting it. Bring that up because there's been times where, again, you're frustrated on a move and for whatever reason, like in real life, you're just like, can't get it, can't get it, can't get it. But then you can fine tune those details in that kind of state and you come back and revisit it. And again, it's like consolidating information. Your body's learning while you're in like REM cycles or whatever the case may be, but it works. Like given that time, you always like walk away from something that's frustrating. It's like a crossword puzzle or something. You walk away from it, you come back, and for whatever reason, now it's easy. Boom, boom, boom. Same thing with the ropes. Walk away from it for a second, set them down, breathe, come back in, dialed. Yeah, I think closing remarks, film yourself doing the ropes because then you watch yourself do it, you're going to get better. You have a mirror, you know, you could do it in front of a mirror, that's one thing, but you see yourself just in that flow state and you're like, all right, I encourage you to post about it too. Share your rope flow journey. It's awesome to be part of this community. Hashtag rope flow, hashtag soul flow, hashtag team slush, hashtag gymnazo, (laughs) hashtag flow out hashtag flow state just get get in there look at look up flow, rope flow get in there if you're not in the mix yet and uh it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you about this because yeah. i know we've had plenty of conversations and it's only going to go deeper and we can we can get the other side of this which is it's very esoteric and and uh dive in it's a it's an interesting conversation so share your experience let us know how it is and uh we'll answer any questions you guys have too any any closing remarks, Goose? 
no, nah, man, just get out there, try the ropes. Again, any questions, comments, anything, like hit us up, DM, comment underneath this, reach out, call, text, FaceTime, <laughs> hit me up on LinkedIn, We're whatever. Careful, though. Yeah, Careful. whatever. We whatever. respond. <laughs> no, nah, we will. We will. We'll yeah, build hit, this community as well. Hit us up. We're, we're definitely more than willing to help y'all out. Like, super stoked to have people just curious about it, for sure. And check out the Roadflow course. It'll be launched later this year, 2021 summer. Going to be helpful for those of you just getting into the mix and want some of the want some of the love, want some of the vibe. Yeah. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace. Deuces. Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed through the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.